Hi, everybody. Hi. You're listening to Cricket. Oh, wow. Welcome to your Friday. I can't get anything right today. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Cricket News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and sometimes a story from you. So please send your stories to talkcricket at gmail.com. It could be about anything we've covered. Any kind of crazy news story that you find, any weird history thing that you find, talk to us. Yeah. We want to talk to you. Shoot us a (laughs) message whenever. Seriously. Um, Slide into our DMs. (laughs) Hold on, you cut out really bad. What was that? Oh, Oh, I said slide into our DMs? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Sorry, guys, it's storming where we are. Like it is horrifically. So there's probably going to be a lot of wait. Hold on, like um, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to bear with us a little bit here, because yeah. of course we're still not recording in person, mm-hmm. um, because it is still July where we are <laughs> in our time. Yep, and um, <laughs> we're still having to social distance, <laughs> and we are still isolating at our homes. So. Especially me, because I am still currently eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, mm. all right, Kay. All right. So, I have one story, but it's pretty long, which is why I only have one. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, this is from citypages.com, uh, and it was written by Hannah Jones. Uh, okay. I have a glass of wine, and apparently I didn't rinse it out very well because that wine tastes like dish soap. Um. Ew! <laughs> That's probably the grossest thing I've ever had in my life. That's so nasty! <laughs> I'm so sorry you wasted the wine in a nasty glass. Yep. That sucks. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, uh. So, this was posted... Um, Yummy. No. Wine soap. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Ugh. Mm. All right. That's a great way to start the episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this was posted uh, Wednesday, July 15th of 2020. And okay. let's get into it. Minneapolis Parks vote... Or er, Wow. <laughs> Minneapolis <laughs> Parks Board to vote on legalizing toplessness. Legalizing toplessness? Mm Mm-hmm. Hold on. What? Hold on. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in Golden Valley, cops throwed up revelers for not being properly clothed on Friday. Having boobs is complicated. In the state of... (laughs) In the state of Minnesota, it's technically legal for a person with breasts to go topless if they want to, as long as they're not being lewd. Based on past citations... It's legal? Uh-huh. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Based... Okay. That's... That's progressive. Yeah. Based on past citations, being quote-unquote lewd sometimes means taking off your shirt at a sporting event or sunbathing. But there's one... What? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. That's completely different. Yep. Um... So it's down to whatever a pervy officer decides that it is. Yes. Is what it sounds like. Yes. So it's not legal. 
<laughs> but it is. Because if you're topless, apparently you just get arrested. Uh, you get a ticket. Oh, I'm sure it's an outrageous ticket. Yeah. I hereby fine you for having boobs. Yeah, basically. Um, and putting them where I can see them. <laughs> oh, Lord. And there's a video that goes along with this, and I'll post a link to this article. So, basically, this white mm. police officer uh, is writing up a black girl mm-hmm. who had on a bathing suit top. She wasn't topless, but <gasps> she's still getting written up. because she's what? Yeah, because she's not properly clothed. She was wearing a bathing suit, just like everybody else in the... I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and... Unacceptable, sir. What is the matter with you? No, it was a woman. It's a woman? Yeah, a woman cop. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? And, um... Now I'm upset. Yep. This is supposed to be fun. (laughs) Well, it's... (laughs) It's a topic. (laughs) <laughs> it was a yeah, shocking topic. Woo! And something I wanted to visit because I've never heard of this. No, me neither. Um, so there's one, but there's one place in Minneapolis you can't take your shirt off no matter how you're behaving. Parks. A park board ordinance explicitly prohibits anyone older than 10 from exposing their quote-unquote genitals, public area, or pubic area, they messed up. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Their genitals, pubic area, buttocks, or female breasts below the top of the areola. A few people have pointed out that this is... Wow, you can't even do bottom boob or side boob? No. Wow. (laughs) A few people have pointed out that this is weirdly specific and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Helena Howard... Yeah. (laughs) A woman who got cited for being topless at a Minneapolis beach while quietly reading a book in 2018 was willing to go to court to prove it, but her case got thrown out as soon as she lawyered up. Oh, look at that. Mm -hmm. But after Hmm. reaching out to her park board commissioner, she just might see the change she desired. Today, July 15th, the park board is going to vote on eliminating the ordinance altogether and leaving it up to the state state statute. Um, elsewhere in Minneapolis, people of all genders can be topless in public, Commissioner Chris Meyer posted on Facebook. In spaces where men are allowed to go shirtless, women and transgender people should be able to as well. The reverse... I mean, fair. mm -hmm. The reverse, Meyer went on to say, is true as well. If it's not okay for women to go topless in a certain area, it shouldn't be okay for men either. Agreed. Mm -hmm. A lot of the commenters were... I don't want to look at your... Because the people that are going topless, mm-hmm. in those cases, generally, you don't want to see topless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, if I can't take my shirt off because I'm fucking hot, I don't want to see your giant man gut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically. I wish I had that man's confidence. <laughs> A lot, of, oh, Lord. a lot of the commenters were supportive, or at least saw where Meyer was coming from. One asked if city leaders had a vendetta against families, and if we should set up homeless camps in the parks, add in some new com- communes, and then send our children to play on the new playgrounds on our tax dollars built. What? Which is weirdly specific. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, this... Um. That was someone being it's an asshole. always where weirdly conservative people go. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where's the line? Mm-hmm. 
What if someone wants to marry a horse? Well, fuck you, dude. Like, marry your own species. What's <laughs> That's the line. What the fuck's the matter with you? Do you want to marry your horse? <laughs> like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Colorful as that image may be, a new example of the kind of fiasco this ordinance change is supposed to prevent cropped up on Friday at Theodore Worth Park, which straddles Minneapolis and Golden Valley. Some folks were lying on the beach by Twin Lake when officers with the Golden Valley Police Department started writing people up for toplessness. The following Instagram video from a bystander demonstrates about how smoothly that went over. And mm. all these people got up and started recording. And we're getting in their Good. faces. Like, what the fuck? Um, a spokesperson with the Golden Valley Police Department says officers were responding to many complaints about the revelers who were allegedly breaking ordinances about not being properly clothed. All of them had their tops on, except for some of the men. On a beach? Yeah. On a beach? On a beach. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Who's complaining? Yeah. Uh, they were allegedly breaking ordinances. I'm sorry, officer. I am being visually assaulted by all these women wearing bathing suits. <laughs> yes. I don't like it. And then they claimed <laughs> that they uh, saw it via drone. A drone. And I had another. What? Yeah, I had another article about how they've been using drones in Minneapolis, but. It was long, and I didn't want to get into it here. But they've apparently oh. started using drones. But again, like, all of these people were clothed. Like, what the fuck? Um, uh, so. Oh, we know how the police department is in Minneapolis. Yeah. So, they were allegedly breaking ordinances about not being properly clothed, as well as possessing or consuming alcoholic beverages in a park. Nobody, she says, has been cited or charged yet. The department is still discussing how it wants to handle this. Um, how it wants to handle people not being topless? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, or doing anything wrong whatsoever? <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So... Meanwhile, Meyer says that despite the hint of rancor on Facebook, the proposed ordinance change is being received very well. He's had about 20 emails and two phone calls about it, all of them from folks who supported the change. Um, and apparently they met at 5 p.m. on Wednesday, July 15th to vote on it, but I didn't find anything after that to tell me whether or not it passed. Supported what change? That people can't wear bathing suits at a beach? Or that people, like, the nudity ordinance. It got changed. So that people can be topless if they want to, so that there wouldn't even be... Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And their cops need to realize that topless means bare boobies. Yep. Not wearing a bathing suit. Yep. You dumb fucks. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's, that's another thing happening in Minneapolis that is not great. Um, that is crazy. Yeah. 
But at least, like, a lot of people stood up for the people that were being ticketed and, like, were recording and making sure that, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't going to fly there. Yeah, that's awesome. That was wonderful. And I thought it was fascinating. So, yeah. Excellent work. Thanks. But, yeah, that's just, that's (sighs) my segment. That was, it was a lot, and I knew it was going to take some time to get through, so... That was it. (laughs) It didn't take that long at all, but nice. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) All right, let's take a short break. All right. All right, we're back. Hi. Hi, everybody. I have a new cup of wine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just to let everyone know what's going on. (laughs) It's no longer 10 o'clock in the morning, so um, I'm having Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so let's talk about this. So, um, I found this, and I usually like to go back further in the past than this, but, uh, this seemed like a chaotic nightmare, so I was excited. Um, so this was, this is an article from Ranker, written by, um, Aaron McCann. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know when it was originally published, but it has been updated this past September of 2019. So, um, this is called... <clears throat> I cannot what hear you at this... all. Hold on. You can't hear me at all. Oh no. Let Can you hear me now? Barely. Let me try a different set of headphones and see if that helps. Okay, try again. Well, I heard you coughing. Um. Barely. But I think it's just AT&T. Um. Not doing well in the storm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yes, it does. Okay, now we're back. <laughs> Again. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so, um, um, I found this article from Ranker, mm-hmm. um, called, What Happened When the Rolling Stones Hired the Hells Angels to Run Security? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So, let's dive into this. <laughs> Nightmare. So, uh, most Americans remember 1969 for many things. Woodstock, the Stonewall riots, and the moon landing, among other notable moments in history. But when the Rolling Stones hired the Hells Angels as security for the Altamont Free Concert, in a free concert, in December of that year, (laughs) brutality and tragedy marked the end of the summer of love. Uh, a bum bum bum. All right. So Altamont also served as a turning point for the public reception of the notorious biker group. Although many already knew the Angels as tough and always ready for a brawl, the concert cemented their reputation as an outlaw organization. 
Until that point, the Angels shared a resentment of the police and the establishment with other 1960s counterculture groups. However, Altamont separated the Angels' underworld activity from the peaceful defiance of other protesters. Yeah. Everybody was like, um... <laughs> we're not... We're, n- we're not them. Yeah. <laughs> Though... <clears throat> hey, guys, let's, like... <laughs> <clears throat> Let's like take it down a notch. Yeah. Okay. So my mom was once accused of being a hell's angel. I remember. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God damn it, Karen! You're 42 years old. <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> you're obviously oh, in the hell's angels. <laughs> your mom attracts so many weirdos. <laughs> oh. The amount of weirdos that have been brought into this house. Oh, man. At least you come by it honest. Yeah. I will say that. (laughs) You're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You guys just give off that vibe, I guess. I don't know. Okay, so. The Altamont. (laughs) The Altamont free concert took place on December 6th at a remote racetrack in Northern California. Planned to be a, the West Coast's answer to Woodstock. Um, <laughs> and we know how that went. Um, mm-hmm. Organizers recruited some of the most popular musical acts of the time, including the Grateful Dead, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Jefferson Airplane, and Santana. Um, I only know one of those. I bands. love Santana. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I don't think I know any of them. I, I've heard of Grateful Dead, but I've never... Oh, I like Grateful Dead, too. Yeah. Um, I, and, of course, you know, everybody knows the Stones, but yeah. still. Um, as one of the primary organizers, the Rolling Stones planned to make a comeback after a long break and hired the Hells Angels as security for the festival. Clearly, they were all on drugs. <laughs> That's what I'm going to, you know, <laughs> predict is the reason for that decision. <laughs> But I'm guessing, I mean, I don't, I'm hazy on what happened at Woodstock, but I think that the police went nuts with people at Woodstock. So they were probably trying to, like, be like, hey, you won't get beaten to death by police. Yeah. Probably. That's, I I think. Don't quote me on that. I'm sure that I'm wrong. But still. Um... So while there are many people to blame for the disasters that took place, the Angels, having the authority to police the venue, undeniably spearheaded the chaos. Um, Meredith Hunter became the tragic face of the Altamont Free Concert, as the teen's untimely untimely end exposed the prejudice and intolerance overshadowing the era of peace and love. Many things went wrong leading up to and during the show, and the presence of the Hells Angels cemented the event's legacy as a tragedy. (coughs) All right, so let's dive in. Yes, let's. Ooh, weirdly relevant right now. Okay, so um, (laughs) African-American teen Meredith Hunter attended the show with his white girlfriend, and they made their way to the front of the audience as the Rolling Stones took the stage. Because, yeah. Hunter brought arms for self-protection from the Hells Angels, telling his girlfriend, quote, 
they're getting really bad, meaning he brought a gun. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brought arms. That's what that means. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> telling his girlfriend they're really, they're getting really bad. They're pushing people off the stage and beating people up. Trying to get a better view, Hunter climbed one of the speaker boxes near the stage, but was pulled down by a hell's angel who punched him. Of course. Several other angels approached. Hunter fled into the crowd and pulled out his piece to scare off the bikers. The angels retaliated by sticking a blade into Hunter. Oh my god. I don't know why. Why did you write it that way? They stabbed him. (laughs) What? Who says they stuck a blade into someone? They were getting paid by the word. They must have been. Goodness gracious, honey. All right. So a few bystanders. I can't. I shouldn't complain about the person who I'm literally stealing this from. So, um, well, it's not stealing. I cited her, yeah. but still, a few bystanders. Att- a few bystanders attempted to, to help him by carrying him to a medical tent, but several angels reportedly blocked the shortest route and wouldn't let them pass. Of course, you can't do that. Like. Although Hunter eventually made it to the tent, he perished before the stones even finished their set. Oh. Yeah. Due to the large number of people at Altamont, only those in the vicinity knew the incident had taken place. Others heard about it on the news the next day, and I'm sure they were like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. Um, months later, a court acquitted the Hell's Angel, a- Hell's Angel Alan Pissarro, who was allegedly responsible for H- Hunter's demise. Of course. According to Hunter's, yeah, according to Hunter's family, neither the Rolling Stones nor anyone involved in Altamont's organization sent their condolences or apologized. So that's one victim. <coughs> All right. Although the tragedy of Meredith Hunter became the most remembered incident at Altamont, it was far from the only instance of someone getting hurt. Three other people lost their lives at the event. One man met his end in an irrigation canal he was warned not to enter, so that's his fault, it sounds like. (laughs) Um, And two others were, don't go in there. I'm going in there if I want to. (laughs) I'm an American. Oops. Looks like they were right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man and two others were the victims of a hit and run in the parking lot so that's fucked up yeah um according to mick according to mick taylor quote a few about five minutes after we arrived just after we got out of the helicopter i was with mick jagger and there were a couple of security guards with us and a guy broke through and punched jagger in the face <laughs> Unquote. I've heard that he probably deserves that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, justified, probably. Um, also, not cool, though. You can't just, like, walk up and punch people in the face, unfortunately. No, but deserve. Otherwise, yeah. Um, one Hell's Angel member jabbed Stephen Stills in the leg with a bicycle spoke oh. several times. Yikes. Yeah. That's not justified. No, and what? What? Why do you have a bicycle spoke? What's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, where did that even come crazy? from? Crazy, goodness gracious! Ace of Cups, Denise Jukes suffered a fractured skull from a thrown beer bottle oh. as Jefferson Airplane p- played. 
Marty Balin noticed, I don't, I think that's how you say it, Balin, Balin, I don't know, noticed a group of angels attacking a man near the stage and tried to break it up. An angel hit him in the scuffle, knocking Balin unconscious and causing him to miss the rest of the band's set. Oh my god. Of course, he didn't die, he just missed the rest of the band, yeah. but still. Um... <clears throat> The Rolling Stones and Grateful Dead managers, Sam Cutler and Rock Scully, claim they were n- that they never asked the Hells Angels to use their bikes as a barrier and park them in front of the stage. Nevertheless, that's exactly what happened. Quote, We come down on our bikes because we were told we were supposed to park in front of the stage. Unquote. Oh Recalls God. Hells Angels' Sonny Barger. Yeah. Uh, quote, we come down on low gear and didn't try to run into anybody or do any of that kind of thing. Everybody got up really nice. Some people offered us drinks on the way down, unquote. As the crowds surged forward to get closer to the stage, though, because it's a fucking concert, uh-huh. they came into contact with the bikes. Uh-oh. Causing several to fall over and one to short out and start a small fire. Oh. <laughs> protective of their motorcycles the angels grew angry quote i ain't no cop barger said i just went i just went to sit there (laughs) i just went there to sit on the front of the stage and drink beer and have a good time like we was told but they started kicking our bikes man that started it i ain't no peace creep man but uh man (laughs) but if a cat but if a cat don't want to fight me i want to be his friend (laughs) That man makes no sense, and I kind of, I'm kind of in love with him. (laughs) (laughs) If a cat don't want to fight me, I want to be his friend. And then the reporter was like, yeah, but (laughs) that, (laughs) that doesn't, that's not part of the conversation at hand. That's not what I asked you, sir. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so as members... As members of the Hells Angels began kicking, punching, and hitting concert goers with shortened pool cues. Why do they have pool cues? It's an outdoor concert. Because. (sighs) And bike spokes. What what is happening? Because they didn't hire an actual security company. They hired the Hells Angels. Why are we surprised? And they got (laughs) and they got real creative, apparently. So. And a, um, so as they started beating people with pool cues, um, th- an abundance of wine, speed, and acid helped fuel their behavior. Oh, great. Not only did the angels, because this is, you know, it's the 60s, um, not only did the angels go after people who came too close to the stage, but they also interfered with the bands in order to get those they felt were breaking the rules. Not good. Nope. <clears throat> they walked uh, they walked across the stage in the middle of sets, grabbed microphones from people trying to make announcements, and gunned their bike engines while bands played, drowning out the music. Fuck these guys, Why would like they for do real. That? Even though it's a free concert, like yeah, I know you didn't pay to see them, but come on, like this is some people's only chance to see these bands. Yeah. A photographer made the mistake of taking pictures of the angels and ended up with his film confiscated and a swollen face. Oh my god. Somewhere between 100 and 200 angels stood on the stage throughout the show, leaving very little room for the bands to perform. <laughs> what? What's According the to Sonny Barger, though... 
According to the love of my life, Sonny Barger. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't love this man, but he's really funny. Yeah. Um, their behavior was in line with why they were hired. That's not how security works. No. Oh, my God. I've never seen the angels deliberately seek large-scale trouble. I'm sorry? <laughs> They've always showed up at gatherings, but they were not asked to guard a stage. This time, they were, and they did it. In their mind, guard a stage means guard it. <laughs> if That means if anyone comes near it, you do them in. And in the angel's style, if you do them in, you do them in. Oh, yikes. Um, sure. <laughs> that, uh, oh, God, that's why you hire security guards. And not a gang. Oh, Lord above. Okay, so, although they helped to organize the event, the Grateful Dead did not appear at the Altamont Festival. That's not cool. I bet some of their fans were fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. Um... <clears throat> Scheduled to take the stage after the Rolling Stones, they saw the unrest breaking out and decided not to play. The band retreated to their helicopter and left Altamont while the Stones were still on stage. This may have helped free the Grateful Dead of some of the blame over what happened at the festival, but many people accused the band of abandoning their fans by doing nothing to fix the situation. They argued that at least the Stones went on and tried to calm everybody down. It's doubtful the Grateful Dead would have been able to stop the brutality, but considering that they vouched for the Hells Angels and recommended them as security, many of them felt they had some responsibility for the bikers' presence at Altamont. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, ooh, bad call, guys. Let's, let's split. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay, so... <clears throat> Stories about the tragedy taking place at the venue reached the Rolling Stones at their hotel several hours before they took the stage. The band considered ditching the event, of course, but their obligations to the organizers and their fans convinced them to follow through. Yeah, that would have been fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. There would have been riots. Although Keith Richards believed Altamont was, quote, basically well-handed, but lots of people were tired and a few tempers got frayed, unquote, at least one of his band members didn't share the same opinion. <laughs> He's just like, oh, people are just a little rough under the collar. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Mick Taylor returned home after the event extremely shaken by what he saw, recalling, quote, it was just completely barbaric. They're all British, right? Or is that just Mick Jagger? I think that's just I don't Mick know. Jagger. I don't know anything. <laughs> it was completely barbaric. There was so much aggression. There there was so much aggression there, it completely took the enjoyment out of it for me. I'm sure that was incredibly stressful, for real. Oh, yeah. Um, it was impossible to enjoy the music or anything because of most, because most of the atrocities were going on right in front of the stage, right in front of our eyes. <clears throat> the Hells Angels had a lot to do with it. I got the impression that they were that they were a security force. Uh, oh wait, sorry. I got the impression that because they were a security force, they were using it as an excuse. Perhaps the only thing we needed security for was the Hells Angels. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. <sighs> so performers on the stage tried their best to keep the peace. Carlos Santana remembered, quote. I could see a guy from the stage who had a blade and just wanted to get somebody. 
Anybody getting in the way of anybody had himself a fight, whether he, whether he wanted it or not. We tried to stop it the best we could by not playing, but by the time we got to our fourth song, the more we got into it. And the more we got into it, the more people got into their fighting thing. So that's terrible. Oh, no. The Rolling Stones repeatedly stopped their set so Mick Jagger could urge the crowd to be cool. <laughs> be cool, be cool. <laughs> Um, Jagger told the audience, quote, there's so many, there's so many of you, just keep cool down in front and don't push around. <laughs> he also asked, why are we fighting? Every other scene is being cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith Richards addressed the crowd in a less delicate manner, adding, hey, if you don't cool it, you ain't gonna hear no more music. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. According to Mick Taylor, quote, we had to keep stopping in the middle of numbers. Jagger did his best to cool the people out. He was doing everything in his power to cool them out. We were speechless for a little while afterwards. We didn't enjoy it. I think at one point we might have walked off the stage, but that would have been a disaster. We just had to carry on and play the best we could. Unquote. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> oh. Hang on. What? As payment for their security services, Altamont organizers gave the Hells Angels $500 worth of beer. Oh, God. Saul Auster Austerlitz? Austerlitz? Believed the alcohol contributed to their behavior that way, that day, as did the environment. Did huh, it? You think? <laughs> really? Would have never guessed. Alcohol makes people violent. Oh <laughs> yes, it does. It's the only substance. Yeah. So, um, besides maybe bath salts. Okay, so um, he explained, quote, The dead had worked with the angels, but were putting them in a situation that was highly unfamiliar to them. Going to a place where they didn't really know, that they didn't really know, dealing with an audience that was probably a hundred times as large, and making them essentially the sole authority figures responsible for security of a show that size. And they were drunk. You should not be and drunk. And had pool cues and bicycle spokes. That's just... <laughs> what did their arsenal look like? They're just like, what do we have on hand, boys? Oh, Lord. It was also... It also didn't help that organizers gave the angels absolutely no specific instructions about how they were supposed to do their job. Great. When asked how they should handle the crowd, the Rolling Stones road manager, Sam Cutler, allegedly told the angels, We don't give a fuck. Just let these, just keep these people away. That's a direct quote. Great. <laughs> Although he denies telling the crew that they could park their bike in front of the stage uh, or stand on the stage, the angels took his words to mean they could do whatever they thought necessary. Quote, they weren't supposed to get on the stage, but they, but they thought their place was on the stage, and that's where they went, oh. remembered promoter Ron Schneider. Why would you think you were supposed to all stand on the stage? <laughs> Why do you think that's... That's not security detail. That's... <sighs> whatever <sighs> just prior to the ultimate Festi festival the rolling stones started a comeback tour having been out of the spotlight for a few years so they hired a group oh wait what they hired a group 
who called themselves the Hales Angels as security for for a Hyde Park show in London, unaware that the group had no affiliation with the California with the California bikers and didn't share the same temperament. <sighs> Instead of hitting people with pool cues, the English group drank tea as they stood around and left the real security duties to the police. <laughs> Uh, that is precious. Oh. <laughs> That's the most purely British thing <laughs> I have ever heard. All right, lads. <laughs> oh, just enjoy some tea and listen to some music, eh? <laughs> oh. Well, let the coppers, let the coppers do their job. <laughs> Since Mick Jagger didn't want to use police as security at their Altamont con- at their Altamont show, they oh goodness gracious, I apologize, I am burping everywhere. <laughs> it's fine. Um, they hired the real Hell's Angels at the at the suggestion of the Grateful Dead, who had experience with them volunteer with them voluntarily watching the stage and helping lost children at a previous show. Yeah, so they weren't, like, told to do whatever the fuck they wanted, though. They just happened to be there and were being helpful. (laughs) Like, that's different. Quote, we both exist in essentially the same area, and we both know each other exists, recalled Jerry Garcia. (laughs) But we know that they are Hell's Angels, and they're capable of doing a lot of pretty amazing things. We just stay out of their way. So why would you want them there? Yeah, I don't. Oh, Lord. As the actions perpetrated by the angels grew worse, the Stones realized they had made a mistake. Others, including David Crosby, thought the outcome was obvious. Quote, I don't know why anyone would expect them to do anything other than exactly what they did, he said. (laughs) The mistake was made in thinking security was needed and that the angels should do it. To them, an angel is something in between Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper. I don't know who those people are, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) Unquote. (laughs) Our age is showing, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Okay. So, according to author Saul Alsterlitz, sure, uh, the Hells Angels didn't care what anyone thought of them and had no concern about their actions at Ultima about how their actions would be received by the public. Some of them blamed their behavior on the fact that their reputation drove audience members to challenge them, but they also sent less experienced angels to the gig. So that's not great. Uh, Mistakes were made everywhere, it sounds like. (laughs) Due to a conflict with an officer's meeting that required the attendance of the highest-ranking angels, many of the bikers who arrived at the start of the show were young and inexperienced. So that's a bad combination. Yeah. Plus beer. Um, their behavior may have been amplified by their desire to prove themselves. Several people attending Altamont also reportedly thought of themselves as possible recruits and committed unlawful acts in order to get the angels' attention. Great. Mm Mm-hmm. In addition to being unprepared with water, food, and bathrooms, the Altamont organizers failed to set up appropriate medical facilities. Oh, great. The medical team faced the challenge of treating people... This was poorly planned. Yeah. (laughs) The medical team faced the challenge of treating people with fractured skulls and deep lacerations caused by the Hells Angels, as well as more expected issues like minor cuts or bad trips. 
Yeah, like that's what you expect at a concert. Yeah. <laughs> Organizers get, oh shit, I cut myself on someone's nipple ring. <laughs> like that's what you expect. Yeah. Uh, you don't expect to be stabbed. No. Um, organizers, organizers gave them only four medical tents. Four. No access to a helicopter for emergencies, no system of communication, and refused to turn the backstage lights on so workers could see their patients. Great. <laughs> Doctors at one tent near the stage reported treating as many as 12 victims suffering from skull lacerations and fractured facial bones. The incident at Altamont also made bad trips even worse for many people. What was that? Did you hear that? Oh, it's a train. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I live next to the train tracks, guys. Sorry. I heard just like the tiniest. It sounded like a beep, <laughs> but it was a train horn. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Um, I was like, what alert am I hearing on my phone? Okay. Um, doctors at 110. The incident at Altamont also made bad trips even worse for many people. So many so that the medics ran out of the antipsychotic sedative Thorazine. Oh, great. Because that's what you want to run out of at a concert in 1969 and an acid fueled <laughs> yeah an acid fueled free concert oh lord quote a lot of bad trips were aggressive because there was so much of that in the air remembered medical committee for human committee for human rights chairman richard fine quote there were a lot of beatings and i sewed up a lot of girls oh. yeah not good so everyone involved with Altamont was quick to blame someone else for its outcome. Of course, as badly organized things are. Mm -hmm. um, Mick Jagger tried to distance himself from the incident and vowed he would never hire, hire the Hells Angels again. His failure to, to accept any sort of responsibility ang angered the Angels, who argued that they shouldn't have hired a group prone to bar barbarism if that wasn't what they wanted. Fair! Yeah. <laughs> But he thought that the Hell's Angels were this nice group of lads who just drank tea. Yeah. So, um, quote, Mick Jagger used us for dupes, man, remembered Sonny Barger. Quote, we were the biggest suckers for that idiot I can ever see, I ever can see. <laughs> oh. I love how this guy talks. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh... Years later, the FBI revealed uh, revealed Jagger's response had angered the Angels so intensely that they had plotted to take out the singer. Oh. According to the report, they planned to ambush Jagger at his vacation home in Long Island. A group of Angels obtained a boat and plotted to sneak onto his property from the, from the sea to avoid security. However, a storm foiled their plan <laughs> as rough waves overturned the boat and forced the group back to land. That's amazing. Wow. I'm picturing all these fucking bikers in like this little like <laughs> this little dinghy. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, sh and then it for <laughs> and then they got toppled out. Oh, it's just funny. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. The FBI kept the failed attempt a secret for years and never told Jagger how close he may have come to revenge from the ang ang from the angels. Oh. Yeah. Oh, here's more. Let's see. I think we're almost done. There's a lot, but ooh, we're gonna we're gonna close with this one. Okay. So, um, 
In addition to fists, boots, and pool cues, some Hells Angels brought sidearms. One member named Hawkeye claimed to have been carrying a piece and three blades, all of which he would have been happy to use. He also planned to print counterfeit money, oh. which he would have used to buy substances off, count- off concert goers along with a few friends. So he's a dick. Yeah. When they saw the state of the crowd, however, they decided to abandon their plan and take whatever they wanted outright. So they just decided to, oh, we're not going to buy shit from people or threaten that we're just going to take everything. So they took substances and money from anyone who made the mistake of carrying it in the open. Since there was no authority higher than the angels at Altamont, the victims had no one to hear their complaints. Oh, Lord. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Last little bit and then we're done. So until the until the festival, the largest until this festival, the largest crowd at Altamont Speedway had been 6,500 people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Despite this number, promoter and manager Dick Carter, because, of course, his name's Dick, (laughs) claimed 80,000 cars would have room to park. No, that's a lot of that's a lot of cars. (laughs) Organizers estimated between 50,000 and 100,000 people would attend. It's a free concert to see the Stones. Yeah. (laughs) And the Grateful Dead. And all these other fantastic people. Are you kidding me? When You should see this picture. It's insane. Oh, I'm looking at it. When large amounts of people... Yeah. When large amounts of people began arriving at 7.30 a.m. the day of the show, they knew they had underestimated the size of the crowd. By the end of the day, about 300,000 people had shown up. 300,000 people! Oh my god. Since tickets were free, and many of the era's most prominent bands had signed on to play, thousands made their way to the venue. Traffic jams stretched as long as eight miles, causing many people to abandon their vehicles and walk. (laughs) People in nearby Livermont gave rides to audience members for $5. And Uber was born. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Several thousand of those who braved it on their own got lost, parked in the middle of the road, and walked through hilly farmland or along railroad tracks, sometimes in the wrong direction. And many returned to find their cars towed. Yeah. It's just awful. And that's where we're going to stop because this just it just keeps going, you guys. It was so poorly planned and so many people got hurt. And one person died. Yeah, it's not worth it. For for climbing on a speaker. Yeah. Like <laughs> unacceptable, guys. Yeah. That's where maybe, like, you don't hire your nephew to plan an event <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, man. Why, why do we keep having events? Let's just not have events. Let's just stop having, <laughs> having events. <laughs> just do them That's online. That's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. And it's working great, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This was kind of long, and I'm sorry. It just kind of kept going on, and it was just crazy, and I couldn't stop. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) all right, you guys. We love you. We hope you have a great weekend. Please stay safe, and remember... You are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. 
Thank you for listening to Talk Cricket. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye.